Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the big stream on the big lead. My name is Stephen Douglas. I'm here with Kyle Coster. Today we are here to discuss the 2022 B.J. Novak film, Vengeance. Uh, Kyle, I saw this on Amazon Prime. Uh, on oh No, was that, I, I recommended it to you, so uh, you're welcome. Uh, what'd you think? I liked it. I mean, I, I had no idea what this one was about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I was intrigued because, you know, I mean, this is a BJ Novak vehicle, and he's had a really interesting career from writer and star on The Office. That spot start in Inglorious Bastards, which is like one of the greatest movies of the 21st century. And you know that he's quirky and he's got an interesting mind. And even when this movie started out, it's him and it's John Mayer <laughs> at this rooftop party in Manhattan. And they're kind of being detestable D-backs. And I was kind of like, is this a dating movie? Is this like a uh, Miles Teller, Zac Efron reboot, something like that? But but no, it, it dives into some dark places while remaining funny. And I think what I enjoyed most about this is it had a lot to say about America Uh, He took some big swings and at points, maybe it's a little bit heavy handed, but I think that for a Hollywood liberal to take on this story and humanize what it's like in this rural part of Texas and to explore a lot of those cultural differences, I thought that he really treated it with care and both sides at times look really intelligent, both sides of the aisle at times don't look so great. And I thought it was a really honest reflection about kind of the disconnect about something that can happen in New York City and the power brokers there, and then how that manifests to something that is in the same country, but might as well be 6 million miles away in Abilene. Yeah, uh, it was a I, I also nothing I had no knowledge of what was going on in this movie going into it. Um it starts out in in the New York City party, and him and and John Mayer playing himself. Uh, B.J. Novak, obviously, he's very comfortable uh, letting himself look like a douchebag, and maybe that's how people see him. And he's happy to uh, steer into it, like he did as Ryan Howard on The Office, and uh, and John Mayer playing himself, also steering into uh, what people might think he's like. 
I mean, it begins with like this thing on what it's like dating in modern times, you know, with apps and meeting people online and the way they store people on their phones and how you shouldn't have to ever date anyone for like until you if you know what their parents do, you've gotten too close. And then it's I mean, it's it's, it's very funny. Um, there are so many great lines in this movie, uh, so many things that are worth quoting um, just just as jokes. But also there's a lot of pontificating on like the perils of modern society and the way we consume things and obviously uh bj novak like many of us has listened to a lot of murder podcasts a lot of true crime um and i mean this is this movie should speak directly to us as two white guys who write things on the internet and fancy ourselves podcasters um always looking for like the perfect angle the perfect hook um I don't know if we've ever reached that since we did the uh, the family stone, but uh, but we we keep we keep searching and I mean it was just a great take on like on podcasts uh, this and it's like a, it's a it's a modern western really I mean it, it does a he does a lot and yeah you said he he treats the those characters with care um, he I mean it pretty much perfectly uh, summarized the small town experience um those guys those i mean and they talk about how their characters in the podcast the characters in the movie um and it comes down to like the the one quote where it's like this is the most wretched godforsaken stretch of land on the face of the earth and i'll never leave and it's that us against them thing where it's like yeah this place sucks but this is my place that sucks and you know i'm from a i'm from a small town in uh upstate new york and i mean i ended up leaving for a slightly larger town but yeah it's i mean that's 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 the place i grew up that's the place i call home and you know i get to make fun of it but you don't well just to back up a little bit and we talked about how we didn't really know what this movie was about just in broad strokes bj novak plays a podcaster who works for essentially what is npr um, he is dating around. He's a Lothario. He gets word, he gets a phone call from this girl that he had hooked up with a few times, brother, that she has died. Um, and the family is under the impression that he is the long-term boyfriend, that they've had a much deeper relationship. Because it's a movie, he basically agrees to go down there and he decides, you know what? Well, I'm down there. Why don't I try to turn this into content? Because that is our proclivities uh, in 2022, only going to get worse in the future. And so he pitches the story to his editor, played by Issa Rae, who is fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that character exists, that there was maybe a little bit of me in there. Uh, <laughs> I think that they got that really accurate. But he goes down there and basically it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a city slicker situation. He's trying to assimilate. He's going to lie um about how close he was with this girl in order to get the story he's going to use these people as disposable products to get him what he wants to do and he sets out to tell this very audacious very up your own butt think piece that you might see in like new york times magazine um and doesn't believe that his uh doesn't believe that this abilene girl had been murdered like her family insists she had been but as time goes on and we meet 
a tremendous cast of characters along the way. It takes a lot of twists and turns. I thought the pacing was really nice um, up until the end. The end is rushed. We're probably going to get to that. But it was very comfortable. And every scene brought you something. And even the scenes that moved a little slower, what was just him driving in the car, orating about his experience. I like that they didn't rush through it. I thought it had a real care and dedication to like what the process is to create art. And the biggest element of all of this, and we should just introduce him as the secondary character in this is Ashton Kutcher is in it. And he goes and visits Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher, who was a producer, kind of like this arts collective in the middle of nowhere that had been working with Abilene. And he's like the smartest man alive and has insight <laughs> uncommon to man. And, you know, we go on a journey with him. Yeah, he Ashton Kutcher is uh, so good in this movie that I'm like, why is he not in so much more? Like I am, I'm looking at IMDb and the picture that he has on his profile is him as Steve Jobs, which is like a decade ago. And like he was the butt of every joke for his Jobs movie. Um, I mean, he was Kelso on that 70s show. He's he was he did punk. He's done a lot of stuff. And it's like a it's like a cruel joke that they're like trying to make him he, he's got a super bowl commercial with shaggy um show the man some respect i mean he he nailed this this small town smart person who went away to college and came back and tried to give back to his community i mean we learn eventually that you know he's giving a lot more to his community there'll be some spoilers here so it, this is a movie that is worth watching before we get to grades or anything i really enjoyed this movie start to finish uh, it, it's very funny. It's uh, every performance, every single character uh, has a chance to be funny, has a chance to uh, kind of be serious and show some, a little bit of depth. Um, I mean, yeah, there really was a lot of uh, care taken with all these characters. And uh, Ashton Kutcher is just, I mean, just when we're introduced to him, I mean, it's like us as the viewer, we're kind of like, questionable of of him and bj novak plays that perfectly where he's like not he's not believing his bullshit either at first he's like oh, this is the, i mean he he references rebecca black and that's kind of what this situation is where he's kutcher is just doing this record producing for these these nobodies in the middle of nowhere and then the way that he i mean he gives this grand speech about the big bang and I mean, it was beautiful and it was so over the top and unnecessary for like producing a record that no one's ever here for a 15 year old in the middle of Texas. Um, but like he wins you over in that. And he and Novak did a great job of showing him being like convinced of Ashton Kutcher. And then they went, they go and they talk about it. And at the end of that, Novak asks for his advice. He's won him over in that one interaction and he gives the, the perfect note. Um, yeah, that is like the centerpiece. Their interaction is probably the conversation where you're most engaged mentally. And this is where the movie succeeds when it's at its best. 
is when it's making you think about things. And and I enjoy movies like that. Like I'm kind of in for the cerebral experience. And I think that it benefits because I did underestimate it going forward. I was going into it. I was kind of like, all right, well, what do we got here? I'm not going to think too deeply about the world. But then halfway through, you're kind of like, wow, like this is really challenging me intellectually without losing any of the entertainment value. And I think that balance is really good. And I think that it's a testament to, to, I don't know if you would term this an indie movie, but it certainly feels like the perfect indie movie for me. Like, you know that it's going to be capped in terms of success. I haven't heard a single person except you speaking about it. Um, I know some people who have watched it and enjoyed it. It's a great word of mouth thing. And I think more than that is it's enjoyable. Like I, I looked at it in the context of like me and my wife and the way that we see the world, we really liked it. But then also I think that I would recommend it to my parents because I think that they would be the avatars for the small town folk. And because there's a balanced fairness there, I think that everybody can take something away from it. And I think that's a really tough bridge to balance. And yet you feel like it was just done just expertly. Yeah. I have no idea how much this cost to make or who was behind it. It it had the feel of an indie movie and the content of an indie movie, but I mean, it, it looked like a big Hollywood, Hollywood production. And I mean, there was no shortage of like uh, people you recognize in it. Uh, so I, I don't I mean, I mean, it's just another one of those things where we're in the streaming area and like 500 things come out every week. So uh, this is unfortunately, it seems like right now, one of those things that's kind of been missed. Yeah. I mean, speaking of people that uh, you would recognize, I mean, Jay Smith Cameron, uh, who plays Jerry from Succession in, in an odd casting choice uh, is the Texas mom but she's fantastic. The brother Boyd Holbrook from the Narcos series. Uh, my wife had never seen him before. And as soon as he came on screen, I was like, oh, we're in for a treat because he's just awesome at playing like that type of guy. Like he's very, very believable. Yes, he's really handsome, but he's perfect. in like, he's kind of like, um, you know, like the Albany version of uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, if you will. Uh, and he can kind of do all the things that Gosling does, but he's just so likable. He's got it like is- that. He's got like a childish energy to him. And he's also, I mean, just like dry, dry and funny. Uh, yeah. He, he was perfect as like the, as the brother and like, you just believed him as like a, a old town guy, uh, a, a country boy. And he was just, but he was just so open to Ben and welcoming and I mean, it, it was just another one of those things in the movie that was believable. Yeah. And and two, they didn't take any shortcuts like they wanted to show uh, at a certain point the disinterest that the law enforcement had in solving this open case. And they didn't just, you know, there's a scene that's great. The two local cops who are in this are wonderful. Like, it, I mean, they're not doing anything. They're just punching the clock. But they also do this kind of montage where they bounce him to a million different agencies and he visits like nine different ones and they all basically send him somewhere else. And, you know, I mean, that could be a throwaway portion of the movie that didn't need to be in there. But to me, that was an example of like showing the complexity of it all. 
And really, like a lot of movies would benefit from explaining away some of the plot logistical jumps that a viewer has to take. And I think that what Vengeance does is it lays it out perfectly all the way into the end. I mean, you said that there's going to be spoilers. It is revealed that Ashton Kutcher is not entirely a good guy. Um, He is hooked up and he's pushing drugs and essentially there's this spot out in the middle of nowhere. Everything's out in the middle of nowhere, but this is kind of like a no rule zone uh, where people go to party and to take drugs and you're never getting anybody to give any type of uh, eyewitness statement because it's, as they say, everybody goes, but no one was there. So they set the scene uh, to allow. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The climax of this movie where Novak learns that it was Kucher who sent her out there to die and he straight up murders him. And uh, that's where you get the title vengeance. Um, but, you know, quickly and efficiently we move on and he's going back to New York and you understand that he's not going to face any type of legal recourse because that's just how things are done down there, highlighting the differences between the two worlds. All right. So now that we're here, um, you mentioned the ending, and when we were talking about this in chat, Liam mentioned the ending. Now, do you have a problem with the ending ending, or do you have a problem with this with that resolution? Because there's the ending after it, where he goes back to New York, but that's like the resolution of the story uh, when he and Kucher face off in the tent. Uh, do you? Because I, I feel like there are two different ways that this could have gone. Um, what what he went for was like the traditional Western ending. The reluctant hero. He went for the reluctant hero ending where you get to the fate, the showdown with the bad guy and you have the choice of you can either take vengeance, you know, titular line, or you can walk away and, you know, I mean, it would have made sense for him to like go and do the podcast thing. I mean, he went with the traditional Western ending where the bad, the good guy shoots the bad guy. I'm not sure how the other way works um, in real life or in the story. Um, but I mean, that's BJ Novak's problem. I, I was happy. What he gave us there, was, I think, was the most uh, uh, satisfying resolution uh, where he does that and then he erases the podcast. Um, I, I think the other way uh, could have would have been funnier. Um, definitely. I don't know if the guy from the New Yorker who was just recorded that was going to be this giant hit podcast. I mean, what does he do now? He goes back and John Mayer's like, where have you been? And he goes, uh, nowhere. Don't worry about it. Just throwing away my career. Cause he's once he's deleted this, he's never going to have a podcast for this uh, NPR knockoff again. Yeah. He's blown through, uh, you know, he's blown through quite an expense budget. Uh, he's let a lot of people down because the teaser has already been released. I mean, 
he's not free and clear because he's going to face some professional consequences uh, mm-hmm. if he's not going to have his freedom detained. I, I, you know, I think that when you ask about the resolution, I just thought it happened a little quick, and maybe I wasn't so, maybe I wasn't prepared for it to end. And, and it's not one shot, you know, it's it's multiple shots, I believe, right? So it's like that second one uh, was vengeance. I mean, it shows that he has been transformed uh, yeah. into a completely different person. And then and the movie doesn't work uh, if he's the one who does all the transforming. So I didn't dislike it tremendously. Um, I could have gone for like one more twist. But my, my complaint was that um, we got to that point and then it, it, it happened so quickly. And then it was uh, just kind of over. Um I think that, um, you know, in, in a way, through a lens, you could view it that that was the most humane thing for the family because that's what the family wanted. And also, mm-hmm. they don't have to be characters in this podcast. Now, not to discount the wise wisdom that Kucher gives shortly before his demise. Which is really good. Where he, uh, yeah, another where thing about how, like, about everything, you know. Yeah, where he basically dares Novak uh, to put it out and basically saying, everybody's going to have a take. You think I'm going to be the bad guy in this? No, you're going to be the bad guy in this. And like, that was really depressing because it was so accurate. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much that was accurate but depressing about like modern life in this movie. Uh, He clearly had a bunch of different things he wanted to say and found different ways to say them through different characters. Um, what I, what I thought was kind of unnecessary was the, the second ending where he's getting the ride to the airport. I mean, I guess you've got Jay Smith Cameron, who's an awesome actress and you've got this one other, this other thing to say, and you you don't want to waste her. So you want to give her this like little set piece where she gets to give a monologue about regret. Um, I mean, it kind of turned the ending into like no country for fuck boys or something, um just this this modern like this ending that is really nothing uh it it barely has anything to do with the rest of it like the perfect ending would have been her coming down him coming down for breakfast and him and doing the i heard it was a great party yeah i wasn't there that thing that was that was a good ending the ride to the airport was kind of nothing unless you're going to put a button on it where he's back talking to John Mayer about how he and John Mayer's like, well, you were gone for a month. I didn't notice. One last uh, intellectual thing. I thought that maybe the wisest thing that Kucher said uh, when he's giving his uh, one of his many monologues is about how when a civilization collapses, only th- the only thing that remains is fragments. Um, you extend that out to the way that we consume media today um you know people can barely read the headline uh let alone the story uh quick tiktok videos that are five seconds context lists uh videos that don't present the whole story like it's not where we're going it's where we are and i think that to tie that into like a civilization collapsing uh is dark and ominous but i really think that it rings true because if all we can consume are these little tiny pieces, uh, we're not operating with the, like, let's put it in to this framework. You and I both watched the same movie, which was an hour and a half. Uh, so we understood how it exists 
in the universe and were able to talk about it. Had you and I just seen like a separate scene from this movie, our conversation would just not be nearly as like on the same path and we wouldn't accomplish anything. And I just thought that of all the things that he said, um, that was the one that really stuck out to me. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, Kutcher had so many great, like, little monologues in the movie, and just a couple of scenes, really. Um, I love the part where they're explaining, uh, where he's trying to be, he's like, do you know where Abilene is? He's like, I've been to Austin. He's like, he's like, that's three hours away. He's like, as near Dallas, he's like, that's not Texas or Houston or whatever. Um just like explaining Texas. And this is the second movie that I've uh, talked about on this podcast with a character named Crawl. Um, his his loose cannon buddy was named Crawl, just like uh, Polly Shore's character in, uh, in Son-in-Law. There are just so many great comments on uh, modern life technology and the way, we, the way we experience things in this movie. I mean, I think it's a great time capsule, a great look at uh, all the just social media and podcasting just and probably the probably the best like podcast uh parody since um since like a a very fatal murder which was the onions podcast fake uh true crime podcast it was just i mean novak obviously had something to say and he saved it up and put in i think what was a perfect vessel and not to be lost in any of this is just how funny this movie is um it's A comedy, I guess you would say, um, you know, a sort of a comedic spaghetti Western. Uh, it was really great observation. I never thought of it as a Western when I was watching it, but it, it clearly is. Uh, great scenes where he's trying to um, assimilate to the uh, local climate that go horribly awry. Um, the best part to me, I learned something uh, when he discovers that Texas lost the Alamo. Um, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. That that's just a dumb northern thing. Where I mean, I don't know anything about the Alamo except there's no basement. Um, it's just, yeah, just uh, another way to show like this smart, super smart people like us go down there, and we we only know fragments of history. We we know of the Alamo. We know there was a battle. Uh, we know Pee Wee Herman talked about it. But I mean, other than that, I don't I don't know anything about it. And that's just a perfect example of Novak, like make allowing himself to be to look like the idiot. Or when we discover that uh, Six Flags is called Six Flags because it's the six (laughs) flags that have flown over Texas. Like it was one of those mind blowing experiences. Yeah. And then the Texas Tech, uh, Texas Longhorns thing was so funny. And and that being that being the reason that they blew up his uh, his Prius, and that's just accepted. It's like ah, oh, there's an out of towner here who likes the Longhorns. Let's ex- let's explode his rental. That idea of danger, where okay, there's a car bombing. Obviously, <laughs> the specter of a death, possibly a murder, is hanging over this thing since the very beginning. But I think that's to me. That to me is what made the ending so shocking is I didn't really expect anybody to get hurt in this. Um, I never bought into like the tension. I never thought it would go that dark. So in speaking it out, I mean, I guess I'm liking the ending a little bit more because it it was really subversive. 
Uh, it shocked my senses. And maybe it would have been a bit hollow if we did not have that huge definitive set piece. Yeah. And I, I had rewatched it um, two nights ago and you pick up a lot more stuff the first time through. Like he early in the movie, when he first goes into the bedroom, they flash, they flash the numbers, which end up being the code for a phone. Um, all of a sudden it stands out to you. I mean, there's security all around the ranch. Um, I mean, why, why does a, a nothing record producer in the middle of nowhere have so much security? Why are there just, uh, these people hanging around his pool, not moving. Um, well, it's because he's a, he's a, he's an opioid dealer. Um, and, and he needs uh, lots of security because people might want to come and kill him. Um, they, I mean, I was just watching it a second time. I liked it even more. Um, and a lot more of the lines landed. Uh, the grandmother in like one scene was very funny. Um, the three kids or four kids explain why Whataburger is so good. Um, so true and so funny just about why you love something just, just because. And that was another line where he's like, it's, I don't know why you love something. It's like, you just do. Um, it's just there. They kept yeah. saying it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get to the rankings. I'm going to give it three out of four. Cowboys, uh, maybe a little bit low. Uh, I, I'm really reluctant to put it in like 3.5 zone. Um, and I don't believe in doing anything in between the 0.5 decimal points, but it was really enjoyable, accomplished everything that it needed to do. Not an all time classic. Uh, I'm open to the interpretation that you had that watching it a second time will only make it grow. So I'll make it three for now with the caveat that I think it could be bumped up to 3.5 on subsequent viewings. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not perfect. The ending was left me, left me uh, wanting something different. Um, I, if that, if Jay Cameron, Jay Smith Cameron had uh, given that little monologue earlier in the film somewhere, then I think it would have uh, been a lot better, but I like the resolution um bj novak uh can pull off a cowboy hat was which, which uh I, i'm sure he was happy to learn that um i love any movie where everybody's pulling off the cowboy hat and kutcher doing it with the uh the deep v down to his navel uh what a powerhouse that guy is who's been in our lives for a few decades now um i hope this leads to uh, a kutcher renaissance it's not perfect. I go 3.5, 3.75. I mean, I just thought it was so funny. There's so many great lines, so many just smart takes on uh, modern society. And the cast was all perfect. Uh, each kid was uh, funny and believable as a uh, just a little country kid, country person. Um, yeah, so 3.75 for me. Um, uh, that's cowboy hats out of cowboys. So vengeance from BJ Novak, uh, greatly enjoyed, I think by both of us. So, you know, give those, give those little indie people, uh, a chance, you know, those little people from the office, they need something now. And one last thought, give Ashton Kutcher more work and yeah. better rules because 
this I think is probably a lot closer to what he's like in real life. In real life, he's a very thoughtful, very successful person who considers the world, uh, but which belies most of the characters he's played and certainly the ones that he's most known for. But I thought the way he did this, which was so small, his face barely moves when he talks, his mouth barely opens, but he's so powerful and so intense that I think that he could play uh, a menacing uh, complex figure in the top of the top movie projects. Yeah, uh, let's let's give this rich person, Mary Camila Kunis, uh, some something to look forward to in his life. Give him some work. Uh, so for Kyle Coster, I'm Stephen Douglas. This has been the Big Stream. Read the Big and we will see you next time.